Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. Hi, my name is Mercy and I'm the EDI advisor for the Trust. And hi, I'm Karen. I'm the Clinical Quality Director in South Place. So, Mercy and Karen, tell me about your relationship. I am Karen's reverse mentor. So, we both participated in the reverse mentoring programme that the Trust has been running two or three years now. The programme's about six months-ish long, and that seemed to, like, whiz by to be honest and good or bad I don't know (laughs) yeah so that's that's kind of how we started our relationship but obviously because of both of our roles we've worked together previously because of working on inclusion initiatives so did you approach Karen or Karen did you approach how did it how was the relationship kind of formed within that reverse mentoring So I was asked as part of all of the senior management team in the trust if anyone wanted to volunteer to undertake reverse mentoring. So I didn't know who I'd be paired with. I was contacted by Bex Bus, who um, explained the process to me because it was all new. And at that point, I still didn't know who I was being paired with. And when I found out it was Mercy, it was quite exciting as I knew about her, worked a little bit with her and knew how dynamic she was. So I was really excited to be paired with Mercy. So six month long programme. So you went into it knowing a lot about it, a little about it. Mercy, did you know much about the programme? No, not really. So I know the premise of the programme. I understand where it came from, which was encouraging leaders in organisations to gain further understanding of the experience of staffs in lower bandings to them that are predominantly in minority groups. So obviously myself, um, I kind of tick the race category. I am a woman. um, I live with a disability. And so those kind of areas of our work where most people may not be in those senior positions and that also includes people in like the LGBTQ plus community and so on and so forth and basically to gain more education about their teams, learning about what basically drives us, why we are in the organisation, what do we want from our careers, why aren't we getting what we want if we're not getting it and how us as mentors can actually benefit from our mentees so it's not just about us sharing our lived experience but also gaining that professional practical experience from our senior leaders that we're paired up with and so um, that's what I knew about the program and I understand that um, our trust and most NHS trusts anyway we're focusing predominantly on race because of what's been happening during the pandemic and how racial inequalities were highlighted. So although, yes, all minority groups are encouraged to participate, there has been a real focus on supporting minority ethnic people into higher positions. In terms of what you knew about it on paper, Karen, was there anything different for you when you started going through the process that you thought, oh, I wasn't expecting to get that from it? I tried to keep a really open mind before I walked into it. 
having been a registered nurse and doing mentorship as part of my you know fundamental training I was very used to being the mentor so I tried to rewrite what I was expecting as a mentee so that I was more open to what might occur what I was more surprised about was probably Mercy's approach to what she shared with me so I think that was the the surprise was her openness to talk about what it was like to be a woman and I didn't expect that to be a it was a big part of our conversation actually I expected more to be focusing on what it was like um, to be black and working within the NHS and her prior lived experience growing up you know it was insightful and interesting but I think some of our most animated conversations were around being a woman and that really was uh, different for me to hear. I was a bit reluctant initially then I thought that like what was the reluctance about to be honest because I was I needed to understand for me what I was going to gain from it I just didn't want to share everything about me and then that's it like I've just offloaded on somebody and then walked away I was just like what what exactly is the purpose for me and so thankfully I did participate and I really enjoyed our experience but one thing that I was very certain about was that I wanted to ensure that number one I made Karen aware that we have other connections it's not that we have all of these differences and obviously the main difference is very visible that we're both different ethnicities. But I'm like, that's not just who we are. That's not what we're about. And I know it's not just the one thing that I solely concentrate on all day, every day is how black I am. And I think that was where my reluctance came from in the first place. I was just like, oh my goodness, all I'm going to be doing is talking about race. And I just find that it's like everyone says, it's exhausting. And so I needed to understand all of the different aspects that make me me and contribute to my blackness in my own way and I think that's what I found enjoyable about our experience was that it was really easy to make those connections and to have that relationship it should never just be about one thing the whole point of this is that you're entering into a conversation with somebody who you might not necessarily sit down and have a conversation with on a daily basis your paths might not have crossed before did it open up any conversations for you Karen that you weren't expecting I was really surprised to hear how growing up things had been put to her as in how did she get to that position and how was why was she at that school and and, and education and it wasn't just that she was talking about that from her being black. It was about being a female and also then having that disability and how people really do look at you in different veins. Um, but she was so complex in the makeup. It was really interesting to hear from Mercy how all of those different elements made people react to her in different ways, in different situations. And I, I don't think I had the insight prior to speaking with Mercy about that. That was what was really interesting. I think not having a disability and not being black, I wasn't very enlightened as to how people's behaviours and attitudes towards you could be so difficult and challenging at time and knocks out opportunity in front of you. You, you know, I assumed wrongly that you know 
Mercy was a very strong character and she would get to wherever she wanted to get to. Barriers were no issue, but actually they're really difficult things to overcome. And the way in which Mercy had overcome them in her life just showed her strength of character. But what that gave me insight was is that not everybody is fortunate enough to have that strength of character. At times, it's just knocked out of you. And so it really taught me a few thoughts about the microaggressions and the way in which you behave towards people is really important, even at that very low societal level, you know, and and the way in which you behave and the way that you observe other people's behaviours towards people. So I think it was really important and a very key lesson for me that she taught me um, and she mentored me through to think differently about when I observe stuff. So it was very interesting, quite a powerful way of putting it across without, like I say, just being about being black. It was about all of the way people treat each other in society, really, and the impact on her. So, Karen, from your perspective, then, as a relatively senior manager, has it affected your relationships in any way? Have you sort of started to think about, from this perspective now, how you interact with with people who are a band below, perhaps, you know, or people in your team? Or have you have you changed your how you handle those relationships because of this process? So I think from a, um, a senior manager point of view, there is a hierarchy, a historical hierarchy within the NHS, and we are, you know, we, we desperately try to break those barriers down. Um, we try to give permissions, but that in itself um, is hierarchical. Um, but what we try to do is say to um, everybody in the organisation that everyone's got a valid voice, they should be heard. Please speak up, talk to everybody that you feel able to. And if you can't access a manager, talk to a senior manager, etc. But, you know, just by using the term senior manager, you will put people into some individuals a position where they feel they can't approach you and they can't have that open conversation and even when I know that I can walk around and say hello to everybody I will get some responses because I look like a senior manager it's two ways I mean there is that traditional senior manager you talk to me when I talk to you barrier um, that we are breaking that down through these types of programs and also the trust you know, as a, as a whole, I do feel genuinely we want to have people feel that they can talk to us without booking an appointment, without thinking that we control when they can do stuff. Um, but at the same time, there is that changing from the, the bottom up, for the want of a better word, um, that that people can drive what they want um, and when they want it and have open conversations. So I think it's changed my attitude. We We put the South Voice Teams page together to have people able to talk to us directly and ask us questions in a senior management function without thinking they've got to face a manager. So I'm hoping that those people that find it difficult to directly approach might just pop a message in to say hi. And you, you start to break down that barrier of that simple, low level interaction that might build upon that. Um, and again, it's it's just about having that approachable, open door um, focus with teams, which are a really busy, um, and they just need opportunistic time to meet you and get to know you as a little bit of a person, just so that that 
that makes them feel able to approach you. Once they've seen you, have had a, a maybe a low level conversation or you've interacted with somebody around something around their service, they may then feel, as we all do, we've got a connection and that we've started to network. And I think that's the key thing is for senior managers that we network not only with our peers and people above us in exec and across the integrated care boards, is that we network with the people that are working alongside us. Um, and I, I think that's the terminology we should be using is that we're all working alongside each other. Absolutely. By breaking this down and making senior leaders more human, as you say, Karen, to get to know you a little bit. You don't have to share your life story, but just a little bit of understanding who, who you are as a person will go such a long way to helping with recruitment. Because imagine if you are looking at somebody in a senior position and thinking, oh, there's no way I could do that. If you get to know them a little bit and actually you realise you've got things in common or they remind you of a friend or a relative and you think, oh, maybe I could do that, actually. Maybe it's not such an obscure job role that's like you say in the up there you know to use that phrase it's, I, I agree with that completely I think we we do see that hierarchy of down there and up there still and you're right Karen we are breaking down the barriers and it is getting better but I think yeah wouldn't that be amazing if if everybody shared a little bit more about themselves outside of something like this process but also as part of this process I think that would really help and I think this is all so brilliantly linked to the Black History Month theme, which is time for change, action, not words. By doing the reverse mentoring program, you have both taken a physical action to try and improve things. And it's worked because you've got outcomes, you know, Karen setting up that page for, for people to come and, and talk to you. That's a tangible action off the back of your reverse mentoring process. It's brilliant. But have there been any other actions that you have taken, Mercy, perhaps from the from the process that you've gone away and changed something or done something as a direct result? Apart from continuing with the program, so I've got a new mentee that I'm meeting with this month. So I'm really excited about that, having had such a good experience with Karen. I have also started to deal with like my own kind of imposter syndrome about why don't I apply for specific roles just because there may not be, for example, women in the team or a black person in the team. It's that thing, is it's that representation. I immediately start to question myself. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough qualifications. I don't have this, I don't have that. Um, I've applied to participate in courses that are going to give me the confidence to become that leader that I know that I can be. I just need to put myself out there. So Karen, coming off the back of the programme then, thinking about the theme of Black History Month, time for change, action, not words. What does that mean to you? And what do you think is next for you, for the programme, for the trust? So I think, this is a wider impact than just me in the workplace. This is me as a person and the way I live my life. That's the way I look at this programme. I think there is positive impact around, it's made me look at the way I look at policies in a different way. And that might sound a bit dry, but actually we have to be really clear that we're not discriminating in any way when we write a policy. So that's added a, a, an extra layer actually of thought processes. I've looked at some of our recruitment that we've done with our teams to ensure that we're not 
disadvantaging any potential applicants by putting them off in the wording of of our applications and that just helps me think that we've get getting it better improving what we look like from the external world because we want to encourage as many people to join the organization as possible um i think the impact on me as an individual i'm a well-being officer now at my my running group um, which initially was just going to be around safeguarding but I've decided to challenge the club why we don't have an equality diversity inclusivity program within our team so we've added that in and also some behaviours within the club needed to be looked at around some some comments that were made once when I was running by another runner that I called out um, so I think you know the impact of this might have been aimed just at the workplace. But if you don't believe this in your core, it won't come across as credible. And for me, that's the main thing is it's changed me in my core and, and made me think very differently. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.